For those of you, there's a few that don't know me. Taylor was my daughter and she got none of that voice from me. <laughs> I was beautiful. You know, we kind of cheated today. We usually don't do this because um, the speaker never talks to who's gonna sing and the Holy Spirit always directs and the message is, goes with the, with the uh, song perfectly. Well, Taylor is a pinch hitter today because Randy was sick, so very late last night, she got the call, so she said, Dad, what, what's your topic? What are you talking about? And I told her, and she came up with that beautiful song, which is exactly my topic today. It was just a blessing. Let's just open in a, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Today, Lord, I pray that this, this message is uh, maybe make a, uh, me a blessing from your word, Lord, as it blessed me to prepare it. We pray for those who are watching online and not able to make it today, and pray for Debbie as well. We miss her so much, and um, we just pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so I got this chunk from Matthew about three weeks ago, and I really like this little story. And normally I have, a, as do other people that give the message, some kind of lead in, a story or a something clever, and I go, man, I got nothing to lead this in with. What am I going to do? And then I looked at my first verse in this topic, and the first three out of the first four words, I go, that is my lead-in right there. And it's Matthew 8.1. Oh, they fixed it. Good job, Keith. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. That's my, I got three points today, and that is my first point. When Jesus came down, just as Taylor sang, when he came down, great things happened then and are still happening today. It was the biggest event in history. Our whole calendar is based on when Jesus came down, before Christ and after death. He says in John 6, 38, the reason he came down, he says, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Just think about where you'd be if he did not come down. We wouldn't be here. This was basically a big office building, which this was expanded. This would probably still be an office building. It wouldn't be a church. We wouldn't have this banner about the Lord behind us. Um, let's see. Caitlin wouldn't know. Rick and met his spouse in church. Many of us met our spouse in church. The whole crowd here would be different. We wouldn't, a lot of us wouldn't even know each other. We would have no hope for the future. We're going to have a beautiful baptism in a couple weeks. No Jesus no baptism. He came down. What did he come down? He came down from heaven, a beautiful place, to a planet. He came from a place with no sin to a planet that was just filled with sin. To save sinners, like all of us, to forgive our sins, and to offer his plan for eternal life in heaven with him. The farmer's market down the street, there's one in Danville, that may have been an animal market. 
if had he not come down. We'd be buying uh, turtle doves and little lambs. We might be still doing sacrifices had he not sacrificed himself for our sins. We don't know. Because those were continual every week, every festival, over and over and over. But Christ, he gave his body one sacrifice for all. In Hebrews, it says, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Never going to do it again. People can still get saved, but the time is now. We don't know when that, when he's coming down again. But one thing, when you think back, we all have a, before salvation and after salvation. And I can say, as you can probably say from experience, the before salvation is a very busy life because you fill yourself, your schedule with activities and just go, 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 fun, 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 entertainment. What are you going to do Monday? What are you going to do Friday? Because you're filling, because we're empty without Jesus and he fills us. We don't need all that. So it's such a blessing to have him in our lives. I'm thankful too that he did not come down one time on the cross, the crowd was shouting, come down from the cross and save yourself. But praise him today that he did not because God's plan would not have been completed. And I'm sure we're all overjoyed and grateful that he stayed on that cross for us. He is everything and we owe it all to him. And when you think about it, another reason he came down, he came down so we could go up. And that is, that is a blessing. So some of the benefits of him coming down, in Ephesians 1.3 says, Praise be to the Lord God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It doesn't say every blessing. It says every, spirit, every one of them, every spiritual blessing, Everything you could think about, he gave us. He gave his life for, for us for that. We could all spend all day long talking about the blessings we have received. This little song, I'm not going to, of course, I'm not going to sing it, but I can't just, I took this chunk of this song. I'm just going to read some of it. I counted 15 blessings, and I'm just going to read it real quickly. And we sing this one. Now I have a hope that will surely endure. After the passing of time, I have a future in heaven for sure. When at the cross I believed, riches eternal, blessings supernal. From his precious hand I received and glory filled my soul. When at the cross my savior made me whole, my sins were washed away. How's that for one? My night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Born of the Spirit with life from above. Into God's family divine. Another one. Justified. We were never justified before we got saved. Justified fully through Calvary's love. Oh, what a standing is mine. And the transaction so quickly was made when as, as a sinner I came, took of the offer of grace he did proffer. He saved me, 
Oh, praise his dear name. And because of that wonderful day from his precious hand I received. It's like there's the whole sermon. What a, what a song. And from his coming down, dying on the cross, we have three things that are huge in our beliefs. The first one is, of course, Christmas, because he came down. As we know these verses well, John 3, 16 and 17, <clears throat> for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. What an act of love that was. No Christ, no Christmas. The second one, it was a, it was a very important week to us, a lot of suffering there, but, and that's Easter, his death on that old rugged cross that we sing about in Hebrews 12 too, <clears throat> fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scoring at shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, endured the cross for us, all of us, And, but the blessing is, shortly thereafter, is resurrection. Praise him for that. In 1 Peter 1.3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's not in some grave turning to ash as everybody else in history is. He has risen from the dead and praise him for that. What, is, what an act of love. He sent his only son for us. His love is infinite. We deserve condemnation. Instead, we receive through Jesus this offer of salvation. We can never praise him enough. So back to my verses in Matthew. This is Matthew 8, 2 and 3. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched a man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. And this is my second point. Jesus is willing. This leper had super strong faith, and we don't know if he had heard Jesus talking on the mountain previously where Jesus had talked, uh, that was a very long speech, um, or if, how he was a believer, but he had extreme faith. We don't know if he saw a miracle, but he had the faith, and he, that wasn't the question. It wasn't like, can Jesus do this? He knew Jesus could do it. And he, this guy, we don't know how old he was, he probably gave every, every penny he had to try to cure this. Tried every doctor he could, and he still had this horrible leprosy. All the best doctors, his wealth, could not cure him of this disease. It's kind of like us. You look at the sin, we're diseased until he cleanses us when we're saved. His hopes had been dashed at every turn. But when he saw Jesus, he had the faith 
And there was a crowd there, and this is totally forbidden at that time. He went right through the crowd and went up to Jesus and knelt, knelt in front of him. He broke all kinds of laws doing that because of his condition. And what I love about this, it, does, it wasn't like, uh, oh man, this guy, this guy will see. I've tried everything, so I'm going to try this. It might work. I'll give it a try. It wasn't like that. He knew Jesus could, could heal him. It's the same as when we get saved. We, we know we're struggling. We know people tell us we hear the gospel, and sometimes it takes a while. And some people say, oh, man, I'm a mess. I'm going to give this a try. And it was horrible a few years ago. There was the milk commercial, remember? Just try milk or just have milk. It was just try Jesus. That is so against the word of God. You don't try Jesus. It's a lifetime commitment once you get saved. You don't try it and say, 30-day trial. Uh, the Lord wants a total commitment, as we know. And trying, when you try something, it automatically brings you into the, the picture. Jesus did everything. Whatever we think we're going to, it's nothing we're going to do on our portion. All we have to do is believe, get saved, confess our sins. We don't try to get saved. We get saved, and it's his gift. It's a free gift of God, saved by grace, not by works. We believe, we've received, walk, and obey. Well, I'll try it for a month, see if things get better. If you do, if somebody says that, they'll never know because the trial is not, an ex it's not, you're not saved when you say, I'm going to try this. That's not true salvation. And with this leper, he goes up with this incurable disease, knelt before Jesus. Anybody else in the crowd would have scattered when this guy came in because it was such a, um, a disease could be passed on, such a contagious disease. But he didn't care. He just wanted to see Jesus and get healed. And Jesus wasn't too worried about leprosy either. Leprosy is not going to affect Jesus he has power over everything. He can cure anything. He, when he was grooming Moses he, to lead the nation, he demonstrated this power in Exodus 4, 6, and 7. <clears throat> it says, Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. The Lord brought the leprosy on him, and he took it away in a flash. Totally restored it, just as his other skin. There wasn't any scars or, or welts. And Jesus, when he cures us, it's not like when you paint. When you paint a stain, you have to prime it, paint it again and again. And sometimes the stains come right through. That's not the way the Lord is. He takes away that stain, that sin, completely wipes it out as if it was never there. That process is described in Isaiah 118. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, 
They shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Things like that. If you have a garment like scarlet, you're not going to get rid of it. You're going to cut it out, get a new garment. We cannot cleanse ourselves as Jesus cleansed us. So the liver in saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He was telling the Lord, hey, you can do this. Well, I think the Lord knew that. So when he says, if you are willing, he was questioning the Lord's will in this matter. Think about what Jesus did that day. Big crowds were following him. He gave a massive uh, message. He walked up the mountain. He had a, the, um, the Sermon on the Mount, it was called. It covered three, three chapters in the book of Matthew. And this was after, well, I don't know how high the elevation was, but he walked up there to do it. And then he had to walk down again. So most of us would say, man, what a day. I'm beat. He must have been exhausted. He'd, he'd, he had every right to say, that's, that's the end of today. I'll take a break and call it a day. But no, Jesus is always there for anyone who comes to him, day or night. And he immediately did something there that no one would ever do. He reached out and touched a leper. No one would have done that, ever. It was unheard of. It was like a violation of their, if they had a felony in those days, that would be a felony. He's Jesus. Of course, he said, I am willing, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. How fast is that? Two words, and the man is perfectly healed. Incredible. It's like the waves, the demons who obey Jesus in other stories. Jesus commanded that horrible disease to be clean. The waves, remember that when the storm, Peter walked on water? He silenced the waves. There was no follow-up therapy for this guy, no, no parallel bars to walk on, no nothing, no medication, no follow-up visits, no surgery. Just be clean and you're clean. A kind touch by the Savior cleaned him. It was just a simple, simple command. It wasn't, I want you to take these 10 steps and you'll be clean. It was one, one thing. He could, because the man had the faith. How is our faith? This man had strong faith. Immediately, he was never the same. He was a new man. And all of us as believers have been touched by Jesus. Bill Gaither sang that song, Shackled by a heavy burden, Neath a load of guilt and shame, Then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. And it's a blessing that we can come here every Sunday and get that, that same uh, sharing that we do here. He touched us all and our lives were changed. Everybody can tell the story about before Christ and after salvation. We have a new life all the way and it lasts all the way till eternity. And he's always willing to save. He's willing to save today. Today, as the verse says, today is the day of salvation. He was willing to go to the cross and be crucified. 
for our sins, as horrible and painful as it was, he did that so we could be free. The Kingdom Men series we're doing Wednesday nights with the Ben. And last week it was on being meek. Alan gave the word, beautiful word. Jesus unlimited power and he meekly went to the cross as a sheep going to the slaughter. He could have eliminated that whole Roman contingent, but no, he did that for us. He was willing to allow himself be arrested despite Peter F. Peter's efforts to stop the arrest. Falsely accused, arrested, tried, uh, beaten, incarcerated, and crucified. What's can you imagine if any of us were, okay, you're going to be doing this in about two years. Uh, what's your attitude going to be if you had to go through even one of those things? He knew it was coming. It was written in the book of well before he came. He knew it was written in Isaiah 53 and Psalms, I think, 22. He knew every bit of it. He didn't try to avoid it. He called it a cup. What a cup he had to do. And he did that for us. And because it was the will of the Father that he did it, he obeyed the Father to the nth degree. So <clears throat> my third point is Jesus is able. Willingness and ability or being able kind of goes hand in hand. Next month uh, is the San Francisco Marathon. Beautiful bridge, beautiful water, Alcatraz, beautiful city, despite its, its warts now. It weeds around the city and the iconic buildings. You could say, or one of us could say, I'm willing to try that. Uh, I want to see that city with all the crowd will carry me on. I'm willing, I'm going to try it. I wouldn't make it up the first half, first hill. I know I'm not able. I make even could jog, be in the last place, jog about two miles. But when you say we're, when we say we're willing, that doesn't we don't have the ability that, of course, Jesus had. And it's a common thing we hear. I'm willing to give it a shot. There's no power behind that at all. We know sometimes the outcome is going to be failure when we try things like that. He fulfilled his father's will, and whatever he says he will do, there's a few left, he is still going to do it. He will complete that. Jesus never fails. He completed many of those things that he said. And this one, one of my favorite verses, is soon to be fulfilled. And that's John 14, 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And where is that? That is up in glory with the Father. And he said it, he goes, I will, he's willing to do it. And he's talking to only believers here. And that gives you, no matter what we're going through today, that gives you a whole lot of uh, assurity and blessing and comfort when we read that, that kind of a verse. We can bank on it. Why? Because he's able, he can do it. Nobody else can say, what he just said there, or do what he says he's going to do. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more 
than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. A lot of us read the Bill McDonald commentary. If you look up that verse, it's pretty cool. He makes a triangle like this. And he starts right at the top. It says able, the next line down, able to do. And it goes down like this. Able, able to do, able to do what we ask, able to do what we think, able to do what we ask or think, able to do all that we ask or think, able to do above all that we ask or think, able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think, and able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I think that covers virtually any thought that we might, we might come up with. There's no limit. Even things that we all suffer from time to time, which is temptation, and the world is just filled with it. Everything is on or you read is all about temptation. Because he went through it, he knows what we're dealing with when we're tempted. As he was tempted, he knows exactly what we're going through. Hebrews 4, 14 and 15 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize, emphasize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So he's, he's been through it, and he knows what we're going to, and through him, we can overcome temptation. He's mighty to save, willing to save all, as we said. Salvation can be found in no other. Nothing is too small or large for him. We think about all the big things he does and how his love, immense love, but he, the word says, he cares for the sparrows. You can buy two of them for a penny, the word says. And he, we're way more valuable to him than the sparrows. So if he cares about the sparrows, how much more is he going to care about us? I love these two verses in Jude, the one chapter, but 24 and 25. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault, and great joy to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. All the miracles I talked about today were in the past. Beautiful, wonderful miracles. Listen to some of these. Water to wine, heal the sick, make the blind to see and the deaf to hear, the mute to speak, raise the dead, walk on water, calm the storm with his voice, rise from the grave, feed thousands with loaves and a couple of fish. They're all incredible. He came down, remember, to do these things, and he was willing and able to accomplish what he said to do. But this, this miracle he's talking about in these verses, we can 
put this, we can apply this to all of our lives and all of our heart. And you could fill in the blank here like I did. It says, he is able to keep Brad from stumbling and to present Brad before him in his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. That's taking sinners, cleaning us, cleanse us, and we can go before him and the Father. It says, without fault, that's amazing, because we have plenty of faults, with, and with great joy. That is a miracle. So he came down, he was willing, he was able. What are the places that we read about in Scripture the most when it says where we came from? The pit and the dominion of darkness, we hear that all the time. So those are where we came from. And where are we going? Into his glorious presence. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, oh, we thank you for coming down, Lord. As Taylor sang, it's such a blessing, Lord, to, that you offered salvation to us. You sacrificed your, your body on the cross. You come down to forgive our sins for those who believe. And uh, we just pray today if nobody has been touched, like we talked about, touched by you, Lord, that today, today might be today. Thank you, Lord, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.